0: Hey, you're listening to episode 15 of the ask a freelancer podcast ask a freelancer is brought to you by cushion a simple forecasting app for freelancers cushion gives you a bird's eye view of your schedule and income so you can plan months ahead and reach your financial goals for the year learn more about cushion at cushionapp.com Let's get to the questions for today's show. Now remember, these are questions that you sent to at App on Twitter, and somehow, we also magically have real recordings of you asking the questions. Uh, so here we go. I have a full schedule. I'm booked for a few months in advance with regular clients, and I enjoy my work. Now what? What should be my next step to progress my career? so this first question is about okay you've got a full schedule you've booked a few months in advance with regular clients you're enjoying your work what's the next step uh, here's a thought that I've been pondering recently and I've kind of been experiencing in my own life uh, you know if you're a freelancer. A lot of you are probably in the world of B to B, the business to business, where you're working with clients and not customers. And that's fantastic, that's great. You know, I think that's a good way, that service industry kind of place is you know, doing, <clears throat> providing a service is a good way to build a business, especially for freelancers. Um, but I think that there is a disconnect that happens when you're never actually dealing directly with customers, with consumers, with people that actually um, need the value that you're providing at uh, in a direct way. If you're working with a client, they're probably dealing with customers and they have a a real clarity of what the value they're paying you for actually is and what they want from you and what they need to get from you in order for it to be profitable. And I think that if you're in a place where you've booked yourself out with clients, that maybe it's time to start thinking about, uh, going from a B2B only, business to a B2C, a, B, a business to customers. Start thinking about what would it look like if you diversified your income and started working with customers directly. Uh, you know, that's a great way to not only rely solely on clients and get uh, some passive income, get diversify your income, all that's really good, but it's not just about making money and growing it's about growing as a practitioner. Because for me, when I went from only doing illustration for clients to doing illustration for my own podcast, the Creative Pep Talk podcast, I started to understand more deeply what this illustration's purpose actually was and how it could be valuable for a brand. And so when I started creating a product that was going directly to customers, it was like putting on glasses for the first time. I was seeing clearly what the purpose of my value actually was firsthand in dollars and cents. I was seeing that my illustration had the ability to grab people's attention online, which was worth money, uh, and also communicate a body of text in an instant way and i started to that started to allow me to perfect my skills and be more clear about what i was doing and that made me more valuable to my b2b relationships Uh, and i also found that having a really well-designed podcast cover and episode art actually help me gain traction and gain the attention of people like itunes and so for me if you're in a place where you have this business to business operation maybe it's time to start thinking about getting into the customer world not necessarily just for the money but just to have that moment of clarity where there isn't this disconnect between you and the end result And if you can start gaining that clarity, it'll actually make you a better practitioner. So get those glasses on. What's a rough estimate of how you split your time promoting yourself, following leads, and interacting with clients and doing billable work? So this next question is, what's a rough estimate of how you split your time promoting yourself, following leads, interacting with clients, and then actually doing billable work? And I think this is a fantastic question, and here's kind of where I want to take it. I think that for a lot of freelancers, they, uh, they have this vision in their mind that they would spend all of their time doing the work you know, that billable work, that work that you got into this industry to do, and you imagine there's this moment where you're gonna spend your entire work week on that work, that work that you're just passionate about, the work that's what you do, and you have this fantasy of what it would look like. You know, if you're a, uh, say that you're a painter, uh, you know, a commercial painter, and you imagine doing painting nine to five, five days a week, or an illustrator, or a logo designer, and you imagine just you know working on logos uh, 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week, and everybody else around you handling all of the admin, all of the promo, all of the other stuff. And I think that we have this vision of a reality that looks like that. And actually, I think that it's not really true. I don't think even that reality, even if it was possible, that it's actually good. I think it's kind of like eating pizza for every meal. Uh, It sounds fantastic. Believe me, it sounds fantastic to me. But in actuality, and I tried it in college, there were days we would get pizza for dinner, we'd have leftover pizza for breakfast, we'd go to the pizza buffet, for lunch. And uh, as much, I call myself Andy J Pizza. And for me, that was too much pizza. I couldn't, I couldn't hang on that level with the pizza game. And even if we're talking about pure health, carrots, if you ate carrots for every meal, not only would it be disgusting, I do like carrots, but that's ridiculous. uh, Your body wouldn't get all of the nutrients you need. You need a diverse range of Energy sources because your body needs different things to exist. And I think it's kind of like um, there's this episode of DuckTales. It's the Christmas episode. Uh, it's like a Groundhog's Day DuckTales where they wish that every day was Christmas. And so they just keep reliving the same Christmas experience over and over again. And they end up saying, We don't, we just want Christmas one day a year. And I think that, you know, for me, 2015, I spent, I was lucky enough to get into this situation where I was doing tons of the work that I'd always dreamed of doing all the time. And I realized something, I didn't want to do that. (laughs) I realized that I have about four or five hours in a day where I can give my real good creative work. And actually, if you go look at uh, the great, creators and, uh, you know, engineers and inventors, you'll find that like the max of the deep work that they could do is three, four, five hours tops in a day. And so it doesn't mean that you write off the rest of your day doing nothing, sleeping, drinking, whatever. It, It means that you can spend that time doing that billable work, but if you act accordingly, you can actually do things in the other times that are profitable and energizing and pour into doing great billable work. And so I think a great way of thinking about this is like, you know, that old school food pyramid that they showed you in grade school where it was telling you basically to eat tons of bread which I'm sure that's not the current model of the, uh, of the food pyramid, but they had the food pyramid and I wanna to suggest to you the healthy freelancers pyramid. And here's how I kind of look at it. At the bottom of the base of the pyramid, you've got 50% of your time ideally is doing billable work, doing that thing that you're amazing at, that you love doing, that is what your business is at its core. You work into a place where 50% of your week let's say it's four or five hours a day, you're really doing the deep work. No email, no calls, no meetings. I think this should be your goal. If you're not doing that deep work a majority of your time or half of your time, uh, you're gonna get into some trouble because that's the stuff that you do that's worth something. Anybody can send emails, right? but not everybody should be able to do that expertise that you do and you should be trying to maximize the amount of time you can do that. Now, 20% of your time, I think, needs to be people interaction. And that could be meetings, that could be collaborating, that could be all kinds of different things. But ideally, it's face-to-face interactions with other people. You know, if you pick up a person and you slot them in a cabin alone for two months, they're literally going to lose their minds because we are deeply interconnected as people. We need other people to be energized, to remember. You know, I find myself getting weird on social media sometimes, like passive aggressive or saying weird things that are stupid that nobody wants to hear, when I haven't had time spent with other people in my industry, face to face, to help check my weirdness. Uh, And so I think in order for you to remember that everything you're doing is about people. If it's not about people, why are you doing it? Like your whole industry, your whole purpose, your whole market, it's all in the end for people. And I think you need to be spending time with people to do with your business on a regular basis. I think about 20% of your time should be spent on that. Then uh, I think about 20% of your time one day a week Uh, You should be thinking about promoting your services, even if things are going well today. I've actually, when I first started out, I put so much time and energy into promo. And then by the time I was filling up all my schedule, I pretty much quit promoting because I thought I'd kind of arrived and it was all good and it would all take care of itself. Not true at all. The thing is, the promo that you do actually helps you six months down the road. So if you quit, you might not notice that it's going to dry up in six months for quite some time, right? Uh, Jolby from Jolby and Friends, they're uh, designers out west. They actually suggested, I heard them on a podcast once say that they spend every Friday doing the marketing and promo, no matter how busy they are. And I took that uh, as real advice. And I started doing that with my podcast. I saw that as my main promo, even when I wasn't making any money on it. And I thought I would give one day. And even if I have to split it up to that as my active kind of content marketing campaign. And it worked out really well last. If you're doing the math with me, you know, we got 10% left. I think you should spend about 10% of your time doing admin and emails and invoices and all that jazz. Now, I know for some of you that might not sound realistic, but here's what I wanna say. I think admin is the monster that's never full and it will take as much time. You could literally spend 100% of your time on it and it still isn't full. Seth Godin, the marketing dude, marketing genius, uh, says that, doing email is a form in social media and and admin and all that stuff. It's a form of hiding. It's a form of uh, procrastinating the real deep work that you're put on this earth to do. And I completely agree. Email will never be done. It doesn't matter how often you get to uh, inbox zero. There's always going to be more. And even for client emails, I try to keep them to a minimum because it's not why I'm, why I'm on this earth and they'll never be satisfied. And so I try to create precedents that say, I'm not gonna spend all of my time doing email. Uh, I'm just not. And uh, I'm gonna do the bare minimum of admin work because it's not what keeps the business going. It feels productive, but a lot of that productivity isn't actually feeding the bottom line. And uh, that's my healthy freelancer pyramid. How do you increase sales and engagement? Okay, so the last question is a bit of a doozy. It says, how do you increase sales and engagement? Essentially, how do you market yourself? I think this is a massive question because I truly, believe that marketing has deeply and fundamentally changed and most of us don't really have a clue about what actually works and how we should spend our marketing efforts. I said in the last answer that you should be spending a day a week possibly promoting what you're doing. So, how do you do that? Well, uh, first of all, I would just say that I take the 80-20 rule approach to my marketing efforts. The 80-20 rule says that Uh, 80% of your results are coming from 20% of your effort, and you should double down on that 20% and get rid of the 80% of the things you're doing that are giving you only 20% of the results. So essentially, basically what that means is that out of all the things you imagine to be marketing, only some of them are working, and instead of continuing to spend a majority of your time on stuff that's not having that much of effect, Double down on the things that are working. And so in the marketing world, if you take a peek, you'll see that direct marketing and advertising with uh, ads and promos and mailers and email blasts, asking people to buy your stuff is not that effective anymore. The email click rates are Massively down. You know, in the 90s, when email marketing started, you were getting like 90% click rate because people were excited to get an email. That doesn't happen anymore. You're lucky to get a 1% email click rate, and that direct sales is just uh, not very good anymore. And that direct marketing, that mailer in your, that postcard in the in in the mailbox, is just wasted time, in my opinion. So I don't spend any of my time doing traditional marketing anymore. I focus on what I think uh, seems to be working in the greater world of marketing, and I apply that to my industry, market, and niche. And so what do I think is working? I think two things. One, the first thing is content marketing. I've talked kind of in depth on this podcast before about that, so I'm not gonna go super deep into it, but essentially, What I say about that is instead of advertising, taking people's time to take their money, give and don't take. So trade value, create articles, podcasts, Instagram posts that give away actual value, that don't just promote selling what you do, but actually give something of value away, some expertise, some knowledge, some information, something novel, something that brightens their day. Give them something that they can actually enjoy and use of value just to get a little bit of headspace, just to trade them for a little bit of their attention. That could look like a podcast sponsored by a company, wink, wink. Uh, that could look like all kinds of different things. But remember, jam and don't spam. Don't spam them with buy my product, buy my product, buy my product. Jam out some sweet content, some sweet value that you can trade for a little bit of headspace. That's so much more valuable. Make something remarkable so that they remark on it, as Seth Godin would say. The second thing that I think is, the, the only thing we're getting in the, in the marketing world anymore is influencer marketing. Now, influencer marketing is a little bit problematic, it's a little bit tricky, it's a little bit gross in some ways, and I get it. I think the way that the marketing world Uh, abuses this idea of influencer marketing, has tainted it, and probably makes you not wanna touch it with a 50-foot pole. But I think there's something powerful in this that we can glean that's still pure. And essentially, here it is. Work with people, collaborate. People that are doing stuff that's cool in your industry that you like, that you jam on, that you feel is a peer, that you feel like you can bring something valuable to them, work with other people. The bottom line and the kind of through line through all these questions I think in this episode is that people matter and freelancers, I think it's our, because a lot of us work from home or we work from our little studios, it's really easy for us to go into cave mode and turn off the world. But the fact of the matter is whatever industry you're in, it's all about people. What you're making is for people and it's by people. And so instead of, okay, we don't have to get gross with influencer marketing, we're trying to trick people to putting our stuff uh, you know, secretly as native content into their Instagram feeds, but what if we just collaborate with people who we think are awesome and do cool stuff with them and they share what we're doing, we share what they're doing and we just organically grow through working and cooperating with other people. That is the kind of stuff that's actually made a difference in my career. That concludes another episode of Ask a Freelancer. Don't forget to check out Cushion at CushionApp.com. I'm your host, Andy J. Miller. You can find my illustration portfolio and my other podcast, Creative Pep Talk, at Andy Pizza. Thanks to Nate Utesh and his band Metavari for the tunes. You can listen to more at soundcloudcom metavari. Send us your freelance questions on Twitter at App, and you might just get that question answered on the show. Thank you very much. We will speak to you all very soon.